Valley legend. <laughs> uh, I just want to kick it off, Tony. What did you feel when you saw that uh, Victor Wembanyama was going to be drafted to your Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, <laughs> honestly, after the season the Warriors just had, I was like, could go dual, dual yeah, team again. Dual- <laughs> dual fandom <laughs> no all right tony's uh, a real warriors fan uh, yeah i'm just kidding i did grow up watching the spurs a little bit because my uncle of course um he's from texas and he's the one that actually got me into basketball uh, oh dope so he's a spurs fan my first ever jersey was a tim duncan jersey uh, that's dope that they were so fun to watch and i love tim duncan he was one of my favorite players growing up and yeah, Tony Parker too. I tried to mimic his like behind the back move, like where he drives to the lane, puts it behind his back, and goes up for the layup. That was one his, of my favorite moves as a his kid. His floater was insane. Yeah, elite. One of the best elite. finishers so, ever. Oh man! So great to have you on, Tony. I mean, we're just gonna do a quick free agency preview, and brought you on because you know we know you know, you know ball, and we want to get your takes on like, where you want to see the Warriors front office go with the rest of this roster. Um, but I guess the first like domino to fall for the Warriors as soon as free agency kicks off is what the situation will be with Draymond Green. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, although the Warriors, of course, have his bird rights. But he can you know get calls from anyone in the league who has cap space to sign him. A um, lot of reporting coming out that's saying he, it's almost a done deal he's coming back but we don't know what the number is we don't know if that's just rumor speculation so i guess we'll start with you tony like what do you think the situation is with draymond what how confident are you that he's coming back i'm pretty confident he'll be back um if you look at what Woj said mark stein um chris haynes even said that he's likely back that's the most likely scenario um i kind of think Maybe the Warriors told him to go find his market, and he's looking for an offer from someone. Um, he probably wants a hundred million, and the Warriors probably said, "Go show us where that hundred million's coming from." Um, so he's doing his own little market research um, on his own. So I, I'm not too worried about it, even though there's yeah. a lot of speculation and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think I, it's a good call. Go ahead, Cree. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say I, I totally agree. I, I compared it last time we, we talked to the Andre situation when he became a free agent uh, a few years ago where the Warriors, you know, gave him an offer. He didn't he liked it but didn't love it, so they're like, okay, go prove to us whatever you think you're worth. And he did that. He was successful in that. I think it's going to be a little harder for Draymond this year just because there's only really – four or five teams in the NBA with cap space and three or four of them suck. So um, 
We'll see if he can get that above 30 mark, but I think if the Warriors could get somewhere for like three for 80, 385, three for 90, I think uh, I think that's good for both sides. Yeah, I think the like if when I think around the league, the three teams that jump out as like options for him besides the Warriors, who m- may feel inclined to give him a big uh, a big salary, a big contract. You know, first we've heard about the Kings, uh, and they are a great team. Like they're going to be legit in the West again this year, unless something goes wrong. Uh, the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. That's a pretty good fit for Draymond, I think. Uh, and then lastly, he could make a homecoming uh, situation, go back to Detroit, uh, where he grew up in Michigan, help that young team become like sort of a rising power in the East. Do you see any other options for him? Like, where do you think he could get money? Like, where is that money coming from? Yeah, I, I think realistically the only team is the Kings that would throw money at him. Possibly the Houston Rockets. There's been so much reports and stuff that they, like, want to be competitive next year, but I don't really see that with their roster. They just drafted two 20-year-olds again. Their whole core is all like 20 to 23 year olds they're talking about bringing Harden in I know we'll discuss some other free agents later in the podcast but I think that's kind of smoke and mirrors that they're thinking about bringing in these veterans that Draymond and Harden don't fit their timeline at all so um I the only team I'm really worried about is the Kings same with Detroit like why would that make sense for him to go there um so we'll see I I think it's a pretty safe bet that Draymond will be back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But just definitely something to monitor. That's the first domino for the Warriors. It's based on the fact that they traded pool for Chris Paul. It seems like they have like an under the table verbal deal that he's coming back for, you know, maybe they need to work through some of the details, but it sounds like it's pretty much a done deal. So great news. We'll see what that number is. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, We've said we think the right price for him is like three years, eighty million, but we're you know seeing reports he may get offered three years, a hundred, and I think Chris on the last podcast you even said like a hundred mil is a pretty big price for an aging Draymond, and I guess Tony, what do you think about like the price for Draymond? Like, what contract would you give him versus what you expect him to get? Yeah, I was actually thinking about this earlier. I'm thinking like a four for 90 with a player or team option attached um, and maybe like a descending contract. Um, so he gets, it's front loaded at least. And it like as in his prime per se, but um, yeah, like four for 90 or yeah, three for 80 is pretty close to, um, I think in that ballpark around 22 to 27 million. Do you think like if we, offered him a $100 million three-year deal, like that's way too much. You wouldn't go there or is he, is he worth that? Like, let's say he gets that offer from the Kings and he wants the Warriors to match, you know, what would you do? I mean, at this point you kind of have to match. There's no way to replace them. So if someone offers him that, you'd go ahead and match it. Um, he's probably our second best player. So I, I think he's worth it. Um, that third year might be a little hard, but um, I think he's a pretty great player. There's just no offer sheet out there that I don't think the Warriors would match. Like Tony said, 
if Draymond leaves for nothing, one, we can't fill his salary with anybody, and two, we're just not a competitive team without Draymond. Like, what's going to happen? You're going to start Kaminga and Looney at the 4-5? and five. That's awful. Um, so, yeah. Ideally, we want to keep that number down, but if he does find money out there, there's no way Lakeup's just going to let this core break up over few mills we've seen we've seen him prove that yeah especially after going all in with the cp3 trade it's like if draymond leaves then you just made a trade uh, giving away one of your best young players for a guy who's essentially on a one-year deal with the warriors um and is 38 years old so that would be a disaster so i i mean i agree i think like even if he gets offered like 130 the warriors have to match it there's just no way around it and we, unless they decide you know that's too much we're going to trade clay too and try to get a return for him build around like just steph and cp3 or somehow flip cp3 i don't really know that like it would it would be really interesting if that's what happened but obviously i hope it doesn't so the thing with the cp3 deal as well we can let him walk next summer and clay's bring clay back on a cheaper deal and we can get back under the for the second apron and we'll have the full MLE next season. So there's a lot of ways to maneuver the cap next summer. So even if we do yeah. Dre a little extra now, uh, there's ways to maneuver around it next summer. Yeah, getting under that apron for the full MLE would be huge because you can get some pretty good players for the full MLE. Which, yeah, because it's, it's you know, $12 million now. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's a pretty sizable contract. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a good transition then to like where the Warriors could go uh, with the fact that they can only offer vet minimums. Uh, they have currently, we talked about this on the last podcast, but they currently have 11 guys counting Draymond on the roster, just running through them quickly. The starting five, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney just picked up Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. Then you have the two young guys, Moody and Kuminga, and you round it out with GP2. Then you have, at the end of our bench, the two uh, draft picks from the draft a week ago where Tony Spurs picked up Wemby. Uh, you got Pod, <laughs> Brandon Pajemski, and Trace Jackson Davis. Um, so then we've also seen that, similar to in years prior, the Warriors are leaning towards keeping their 15th roster spot open, which means there are only essentially three players that they're looking to sign. And the reason they like to do this is because it saves a ton of money on their tax bill. Um, so, I mean, we heard, a, Chris and I talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, what we're looking for. Uh, but Tony, I just want to pitch it to you. Like based on the strengths and weaknesses of the current 11, what are you looking for in a free agent that the Warriors bring in just like a prototype uh, so there are three op- there are three slots for it. So like, how would you kind of round out this roster? I think the biggest need is front court shooting. Like right now, I don't love Kaminga, Draymond, Looney. Um, I think bringing in someone like Jay Crowder, Saric, uh, maybe even like a Trey Lyles or honestly Kevin Love. He's pretty old, but um, he looked pretty good in the playoffs. Um, I think bringing a a four or five shooter is probably the biggest need right now. 
and someone who can also crash the glass because we looked really small in the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess it brings up something I wanted to talk about a little bit later, but I'll just throw it out now. I mean, you're looking at that front court, which we're calling Kaminga a front court player. Although I think in his mind, he thinks he's a three still. I don't think he's a three. And I think he would be best to like, just accept that he's a four and buy into that crash the glass turn into a good stretch four who can kind of be a ball a ball hound on the other end um so i mean would you keep kuminga or are you like would you try to explore trades for kuminga because he's the most likely guy to be traded although it's possible the warriors are done making trades so what do you think I have looked at like salary options because he only makes like six million dollars, um, so I have looked at guys that make around that much, and there's honestly not much out there, so I think they are probably better just keeping them and hoping for a little internal development, and hoping to sign like a like a shooting four or five that can kind of insulate him a little more, um, and allow like Anthony him Lamb, to... yeah. <laughs> Um, that was the uh, that was the um, thing with the pool trade. Like that was kind of our only big pro, uh, our only big contract that I could see us moving. The the only other big contracts that we have is Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins. And you're not moving Steph. More than likely, you're not moving Clay. And then Wiggins is on a really good contract, so you wouldn't want to move that. Um, so if there was any trade out there to bring back a big salary guy like, you know, Pascal Siakam or, you know, OG or Cat or someone like that, it really had to be Pool and a combination of those other guys because our roster right now is very top heavy with top salary and then all minimums and rookie deals. So there's no really like middle tier salary that we could make work like Tony was saying. Yeah, yeah, it's sick. Uh big constraint on this roster right now and i mean chris you just wrote uh this article for our Substack on like a free agency preview and what potential needs are for the warriors based on what tony thinks is the biggest like gap on this roster which i totally agree with it's front court spacing um, and just a backup big who can eat minutes in the regular season at minimum and hopefully contribute in the playoffs but like at minimum buy some time on the bench for Draymond and Kavon uh, based on like what you put together in your article what who do you think kind of fits that profile it's a lot of crossover for who Tony said um, I think those are all really good options I wrote in the article like if money was not a thing Brooke Lopez would be like the perfect big man that would fit with the Warriors because he spaces the floor and also can defend but since he does that he's going to make a lot of money as a free agent this off season. Um, I agree that spacing four or five is probably number one on my list, but we also need someone who can like attack the basket from the big man spot. Like right now, Looney and Draymond, they don't really look to score and especially acquiring Chris Paul, you would imagine we'll run some more pick and roll and we don't really have a lob threat on the, on the team except for Kaminga. So that's why I was thinking maybe like a Dwight Powell, um, a JaVale type, kind of like a, a Robin Lopez, Alex Lenz, something like that 
where they could roll to the basket hard. Um, but if if that's not an option, definitely agree. Like Georges Niang is also another big man who can shoot well. Uh, Saric. That's I think what I was be, thinking too. Yeah, Georges Niang would be nice. Uh, yeah. Saric is probably number one on my list for big men. Um, How about Tory Craig? He's not a five but he's kind of like a stretch four who his you know he hits from three at about 40 percent at least he did so last year tory craig um i think i would prioritize probably a, a actual big man instead of him i think he would be good as like a, a wing on the team but i don't really feel he's a warriors type player um i don't know how do you feel on him tony I'm kind of cold on Tory Craig. Um, I think he can fit with CP3 a little bit because he, like you said, he is not like a super Warriors type. I think he's kind of, kind of a one-trick pony on offense. Um, where in the Warriors offense, like you need to be able to screen, pass, uh, look for the, look for a lob cut, um, do all these different things. Um, I don't know how exactly he'd fit with us, but. He looked pretty good last year with with Chris Paul, so yeah, I don't could think be a, a decent look. But I don't think there's a way that Phoenix will let him leave either. I know they're probably in the same situation where they only have minimums, but I mean he was their like fourth or fifth best player last year. They only have like six guys rostered right now, so yeah, yeah, they need to figure something out on free agents. Um, Thomas, other than like a spacing big man, like we we're all in agreement that. That's what the Warriors need, especially with Kaminga, Draymond, and Looney. I think that's a problem right now. Uh, what else do you think the Warriors should look after um, in free agency? Um, so I mean, I guess just I just want to throw out one more name on the stretch bigs before we move on. But yeah, I'll get that. So I mean, Frank Kaminsky. He has had an up and down career, and I, he didn't have a good season last year, but. He shoots the ball pretty well from three, and if like I'm just I'm assuming like if we pick him up, that the market is really dry, and there's there are not that many options. But like that's just kind of another name to keep an eye to keep an eye on, and it depends on what like the front office prioritizes too. So like if they prioritize a wing, which I think is you know we've talked also about a ball handling guard and a backup wing. So if there are three spots, I think you go guard, wing, big man. Um, or you assume that there's some good health with our current wings and like Wiggins doesn't have like a family issue where he misses a couple of months uh, and you just like have a consistent wing rotation and you forego a backup. Then you go with two bigs and a guard. But um, yeah, I I personally think we should target one of the better minimum wing players because wings are such a premium in this modern NBA. I'm looking at guys like, uh, I mean, Yuta Watanabe, he's been talked about a lot. Uh, I mean, even bringing back Damian Lee, I think would be good. Jay Crowder was mentioned, and he can kind of scale up and down from a three to a four as well. So I think he's a pretty good option. Um, Then there are guys like, I mean, JTA, you could bring back Toscano Anderson uh, could bring back Justin Holiday. I mean, there are a lot of options at the wing where you can kind of get a serviceable backup who will help during the regular season and wouldn't like expect some of these names to really contribute in the playoffs if all things go well with Moody and Kaminga. 
but if not, it's like good insurance to have a wing in the NBA. So what do you guys think about that? I kind of disagree with you that uh, wing is our next biggest need. Like, obviously we do need another wing, but I'm just looking at our roster right now and you got to assume that Steph is probably only going to play like 60 to 65 games. Chris Paul is probably going to be under that like 55 to 60 games. We don't really have another point guard on the team besides them too. Like if one of them is out, who is running the offense while the one point guard's out like Draymond or Podminski or, you know, Gary, I, I don't really see this as sustainable. Um, so I would definitely focus on bringing in like a veteran point guard who can dribble and not turn over the ball. I think that was a really big problem last year. And probably what led to us trading for Chris Paul was when Steph was out and Poole was running the show, it just kills us when there's like live ball turnovers and just terrible shot selection and more turnovers like that. So I think it's pretty crucial. And you you want Steph and CP to play off the ball a little bit. So I think bringing in a third guard that you can trust um, is pretty important. What do, what do you feel on that, Tony? Yeah, I actually think Ty Jerome would be pretty good to bring back. Um, I think I thought he was pretty solid last year. He's a stable guard, like you said, like you uh, mentioned, as a need. Um, he gets the guys in their sets. He's pretty big. He's kind of under like underrated size, six five, um, and I think he was he shot the ball really well last year. Um, and he's he knows the system already. Um, I think he's still two way eligible. I don't know if he would take it again this year. No, he he's actually yeah. not two way eligible. Oh, he's not. Okay. Yeah. So I I think we're gonna fill that first two way spot with Lester Quinones, who he had a pretty good year in the G League last year, and uh, he you know he showed up for the end of the season and played some games for the Warriors and looked okay. So I think that's most likely the two way. But yeah, no, I totally agree with you guys. Ty Jerome should be back. And he should be that like kind of insurance ball handler. He can also play off ball pretty well. Uh, like if you pair him with Chris Paul, like he can shoot well from three. He's not a good defender. That's his major weakness and why he was nearly out of the league is because he's just such a bad defender, slow feet. Um, but he competes. He plays hard. He's smart. Uh, I yeah. I want Ty Jerome back. There are some other options with that ball handling guard position, though, too. Like, um, I don't know, you could look at guys like Austin Rivers, Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, uh, Reggie Jackson. I mean, there are some names out there, like, if, you, if you're looking for insurance for a ball handler. but I like Jerome more than all those guys you named. I, I mean, I agree, but I'm just saying, like, who knows? What if someone picks up Ty Jerome for, like, the taxpayer mid-level or something? Um, like there, there are other options. So that's like, at least good to know. I saw, um, Anthony Slater mention Terrence Davis. Um, he's more of a shooting guard, but, um, usually when he kind of puts a name out there, I feel like he knows something, Uh, especially if it's Kings related. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so that might be another name to look out for. Yeah, he's he would bring a little different dimension, which I think would be good. He's kind of like Gary in a little way, but way better on offense. Obviously, worse on defense, but he can actually like hound the ball. Um, 
one another flaw on this team just to get back to is like who is gonna guard point guards on the team clay in past years would do that but he's more of like a three or four defender these days it's not gonna be steph it's not gonna be chris paul like you're relying a ton i mean you still have gp yeah but i mean gp is kind of injury prone himself and is really only like a 20 minute at most per game guy I guess Wiggins can take a lot of that um, in the playoffs in the regular season, but I, I agree with Tony. I think a player like that would be big that could actually play some defense on some guards. I like Terrence Davis, but I just think he's another undersized guard. I mean, well, he's not he's not like a point guard type of guy. He's like more like an undersized wing, like GP2, and I think there's overlap there. Like, he would essentially be th- this year's Dante DiVincenzo. And like you mentioned and we've talked about, he, we don't really have a lot of minutes for a guy like that. Like I think we need size on the wing more than we need a guy like Terrence Davis personally. Yeah, I think we're kind of all in agreement that. And I think it would surprise Warriors fans, but I think they're coming, coming along to the idea. But Ty Jerome is a pretty good option for this, which is crazy because he was on our, our two-way last year. But in games that Steph sat out and um, games he got run on, I thought he was really good. He damn near shot 50-40-90 last year. He shot 49-39-93. and 93. So he's very efficient He's good, offense. yeah. Yeah. I want him back, but I also just think, like, we have – so the reason I would prioritize a good backup wing is based on where the league is going, first of all. Second of all, in with the new CBA, you get three two-way contracts. You can like take a shot in the dark with Quinones and try to go for two other guards who could fill that ball handler role and just kind of hope that one of them hits. It's a little bit more risky and you could I mean, but you could still go for it and fill that spot, so I don't know. Yeah, I think wing is important. Um, I do like Utah, but it does seem like the Suns might be after him. He did spend time with KD and and Brooklyn last year, like thirty games or whatever. But um, it, they did put out there that the Suns are going after Watanabe, and I think he's kind of a perfect fit with us. But. Uh, yeah, that's, that's one fear that I have. Um, I was listening to a podcast today, and they were talking about the Suns are in a unique situation where they only have minimums like the Warriors, but they can actually guarantee like a lot of playing time to these good free agents that might be on minimum deals. Like For example, with Utah, the Suns can go ahead and guarantee him 25 to maybe even 30 minutes a game for them. But on the Warriors... Are you guaranteeing that, like, in a free agent meeting, are you guaranteeing to him that they're going to play over Kaminga and Moody? I don't know. I don't know what Steve Kerr's thought process is, but if I was a free agent, I would probably choose the team that I know I would get more run in. Like, for example, Jermichael Green last year thought he was going to get a lot of playing time. Some of it was self-inflicted because he was just trash, but he was stuck to the end of the bench. I don't know if free agents are going to have that on their mind. Well, then what about like a second tier minimum guy like 
TJ Warren or Josh Okogi. I mean, both those guys were on the Suns, so if they're filling the Suns roster with uh, better wing options, you could kind of pick off some of the guys who were on the team last year and couldn't find a, a foothold uh, in the rotation. I mean, there's Justin Holiday, like we said, JTA. Like, who do you like in that tier if, if they do decide to go for a wing? I wrote in my article that JTA, I just, I'm really curious to see how free agency plays out. I mean, I think on the first day, obviously, the bigger names fall. Like, we see this every free agency. The minimums don't really sign right as the free agency um, ticks off because they're waiting to see if there's more money from them. So you kind of have to wait on the, the big names to fall first. So I don't really, I could see the Warriors maybe getting one person on Friday. Um, but we're just going to see how it, it plays out over the weekend. But I think with this new CBA, um, there's not going to be a lot of money thrown around. There's going to be, you know, mid-levels and stuff out there. But I feel like a lot of players are going to make less than they expected because we see teams all around the league trying to uh, get off salary. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. All right, well... That's that brings us kind of to the last spot. Then I mean, Chris, you mentioned the rolling big man. Like the the ideal option would be Dwight Powell. I personally think he's going to get more than the minimum, but there are always those guys in free agency that you expect to get some more money, and they end up not having a market, and they have to kind of settle. Um, so if it was if that happens to Dwight Powell, that would be awesome, and we could snatch him up. Who are some other options that you had in your uh, article? And then, Tony, like, going through those options, who do you like? Yeah, so in my article for Big Man, you know, I had Dwight Powell as probably the number one I'd want. Like we said before, um, you know, there's Kevin Love, there's Dario Saric. But specifically as a role man, there's not a ton of options out there. I'm just looking through them. Like we said, uh, Dwight Powell, you know, Thomas Bryant could maybe do that. Drummond, uh, Bismack Biombo, another former king. Um, you know, Cody Zeller, Willie Colley Stein, DeAndre Jordan. It kind of gets pretty slim pretty quick. I don't know. Out of, out of those kind of type of players, Tony, who do you think would maybe be a possible fit? Yeah, I think Bismack kind of sticks out because. Chris Paul played with him last year in Phoenix, and he he honestly looked pretty good. Um, Chris Paul can make most rolling big men look pretty decent, um, and they already have some pretty good chemistry. And I I think maybe even going for that spot on a two way could be good, because I don't know if that player is really going to get a lot of run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So if we could fill that with a two way, that would be ideal. Um, I think another name to look out for might be JaVale McGee. He's on Dallas for like $7 million right now, and they just traded for Rashawn Holmes and drafted Derek Lively. Um, that could be a decent buyout option. Um, I don't know about this summer, but midseason. Yeah, um, I could also see him like maybe at the trade deadline trading to get off him, and whoever gets that, um, whoever gets JaVale would... Uh buy him out and then he'd be, become a buyout candidate. Do you guys know if the Warriors can get buyout candidates this year? I know the CBA just dropped today, but I'm not sure. Uh, 
would be good to check. <laughs> yeah, good point. I think they can this year because some of those uh, effects of go- being over the second apron only kick in like a year or two after, right? If you like are a repeating second apron offender, I think. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. So that yeah, good point. Like, what what could that possibly be like when? Uh, next spring rolls around and we have that 15th spot still open uh, that's that's interesting for sure yeah i'm pretty sure we can get a buyout person if they made less than 12 million yeah yeah i think that's what i saw so that's a good example tony is javel if if he gets traded and bought out but we see this every year i mean kevin love was a buyout um there's another there's always a few big men um that get bought out towards the end of the year that are you know obviously not max players so i think keeping that 14th spot open and then maybe seeing what happens but i would like him to to have a player that could do that to start the season definitely me too because you really don't want to beat up Draymond and looney throughout the regular season again i mean this has been happening for way too many years in a row we've co- constantly complained about the fact that they go into the year with looney as essentially the only serviceable center on the roster and then you beat up Draymond throughout the regular season. He's playing small ball way too often. You want to save like Draymond at the five for the playoffs where it really matters or like big games, important games during the regular season. I don't want to see Draymond playing the five like against the Thunder or against like, I don't know, the Magic in the regular season, honestly. Like that's just how he's going to get injured and not be ready to go for the playoffs. So I really do think they need that backup big. I mean, maybe it's maybe the stretch five kind of player can can fill that gap, but a big man that can just go go inside, body some dudes, get a rebound. Like I see that as pretty important. We'll see. Maybe it's Trace Jackson Davis too if he's ready to go. But yeah, we will definitely see about that. Uh, I have doubts that either of those two will will touch the floor in any meaningful games this season just knowing Kerr but we will see how the season goes um quickly before we get out of here I think it'd be smart to kind of touch on the big free agents that are out there because you know like we see in the NBA that first day of free agency there's some crazy deals sent out like right when it turns free agency time um so I was thinking we could just go through some of the top free agents out there and kind of get you guys predictions on where they're going to go um i think the biggest free agent of the offseason is probably harden even though he's kind of washed but there's been so many like rumors about if he's going to go to houston if he's going to stay in the sixers so uh tell me where do you think harden kind of ends up on friday honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in houston (laughs) you know he loves his strip clubs Uh, (laughs) facts but uh he he should probably just stay in Philly. Um, I don't think I would pay them, pay him if I was Philly. But uh, it's yeah, it's either Houston or just staying. I don't yeah. really see any other options. One thing I'm gonna say about Harden is I feel like he is bag motivated. I don't think his decisions are really about winning, which is is weird because he's playing with the MVP of the league from last year. Um, but I think he's going to go over. He can get the longest deal and the biggest deal. What do you think about that, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I I personally see Harden back in Philly. Um, I don't I don't know why he would go to Houston. It just doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. I know no that state he's. Tax. Yeah, I heard, I heard that that's a thing. Uh, but look, dude. I mean, I know he's like revered in Houston, and the Houston Rockets fans love him to death. They thought that they were just on the verge of winning a championship with him, which frankly they were. If the Warriors dynasty wasn't like if those teams weren't as great as they were, the Rockets were an incredible team and could have picked off a championship. Um, so bad timing there, frankly, and they had some poor performances in the playoffs, a lot of choke choking situations. Um, but they love they love James Harden, so it's possible. But I just you can't be a serious like NBA Hall of Famer and willingly put yourself in a rebuilding situation like that when you're still like a borderline All Star, I guess we'll call him, um, and you're st- and you're ringless. Like, it just makes no sense to me, honestly. Yeah. I think he'll ultimately stay in Philly. But like Tony said, I, I think it's like a 30-70 chance, like 30% chance he goes back to Houston. He's kind of a, a weirdo. Um, Chris Milton, I feel like we're kind of all in agreement. He'll he'll be back on the Bucks. Um, probably just a Draymond situation where he's looking for Maybe a little less money than he was going to get next year, but over more years, you guys kind of quickly all agree on that? Yep, yep, agreed. Yeah, he'll go back. Um, I think the next the next interesting guy is Kyrie, honestly. Okay. Interesting is a, is a word for it. Um, exactly. <laughs> I honestly have no idea what he's going to do. I Similar to Harden, I think he's about a bag. I think he's going to go wherever he could get like a four- three or four, even five-year deal, maybe from Dallas. Um, I think Dallas probably realized, well, not probably, they definitely messed up with the Jalen Brunson uh, situation. And I think that's going to lead them to a massive overpay for Kyrie. So I'm going to Just say double gonna, down on their bad decisions. Yeah, I think he's going to go back to Dallas yeah. on kind of a terrible contract. I don't know, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think he'll be back in Dallas, especially after what the... They gave up a few picks for him. Um, and you good do, players. Yeah, you do. Yeah, DFS and you do kind of. Well, I think to... that I think the Mavs do want him. Clearly, that's why they made the trade. But to me, it's like, where does Kyrie go? He's such an enigma. Like I could literally see him going anywhere. So that's why I think it's honestly. I think his situation is more interesting than the James Harden situation. Lakers for the MLE. <laughs> yeah, I was literally just thinking that. Like he he could do anything honestly um <laughs> yeah and yeah. he would do it just to spite everybody too i know exactly i could definitely see that happening i think that's maybe even a bad move for the lakers i think they really thrive off like good role players versus their with their two superstars um yeah yeah i i could see them doing that um another one that i'm really interested about because i just like I have no idea what his value around the league is, but is Fred Van Vliet of the Raptors. Um, he opted out of his, I think it was like $27, $28 million player option. Um, I think it's, I just don't know what the Raptors are doing. Like we've heard for the past two years that like Pascal Siakam was available, OG was available, but it seems like they're not really available. Um, so 
I could see them wanting to bring back Fred Van Vliet, but I, I could also see Fred being like seeing the writing on the wall with the Raptors and maybe wanting to get a, a change of scenery. Where do you guys think his like possibilities are? I saw Houston is prepared to offer him a pretty sizable contract. I don't really get that. They just drafted Amen Thompson. Um, and and they have like Jalen Green and uh KPJ, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've seen Philly also floated as a potential Harden replacement. I kinda like um, that. Yeah, not not a bad fit actually. Um especially with Maxi. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, what do you think, Thomas? Do do they have cap space to sign him? Probably or would they like have to do a sign and trade? trade? Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that I mean, if the Sixers could land Fred Van Vliet, I'm I think that's good for the Sixers. That's a good deal. Um I, yeah, you're right though. Houston was kind of rumored to be in the Fred Van Vliet market for 40 million, which seems like a huge overpay for him, especially with the roster construction situation like you mentioned. Um I do think he's out of Toronto though. He wouldn't like I don't think you decline that player option for I don't know what was it like 30 million yeah something, something like that. that like that's a pretty good annual salary for Fred Van Vliet like and if you like the situation in Toronto just let it ride for one more year see how it goes and then go hit the market that's what I would have done if I was interested in staying but I think he's he's over it and I agree like the Toronto situation is really strange they have essentially three guys playing the same position in the, <laughs> with Siakam, uh, Barnes, and then OG. OG, I guess, maybe is sliding down into more of a wing, but like you could play them all at the four, and that's probably all their na- their natural positions. So it's really weird out there in Toronto. I think they went too crazy with like their idea of going positionless and like all these big dudes and no guards. It They were not good last year um and didn't even make the plan but they have good players like van vliet is good pascal is i think underrated borderline like i think he made all nba last year or the year before um og's obviously good gary trent serviceable so they definitely need a change up they they let um their coach go so I, but I agree with you, Thomas. I think he's probably going to be out of Toronto. Not sure where he lands, but you know, Houston could be a possibility. The last one that I think is kind of a difference maker um, is Kyle Kuzma. In a winning situation, like on the Lakers, I thought he was really good. Uh, obviously, on the Wizards last year, he put up big numbers as a scorer, um, more focused in the offense. It's There's reports out there that he's looking for $30 million annually. I don't know if he's going to get that, but um, I think there's money out there for him. I, I see the Kings probably as like the closest des- destination, but I could also see like the Pacers maybe throwing some money at him to pair him up with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, Tony, what do, you, what do you think about Kuzma? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Kuzma. I think he gets a lot of shit on Twitter and stuff just because of <laughs> his character and who his he is. big sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think he's a he's a really good player. He's a, a four that rebounds really well and shoots really well. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, I think Sack is a pretty good fit. I probably wouldn't do that if I were them. I think they need to prioritize a little more defense because then yeah. you, have, you have Keegan and Kuzma. Who are both kind of fours that 
aren't huge difference makers on defense. And you got um, Sabonis anchoring a defense, which is not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they need uh, a player like would be perfect for them is like Aaron Gordon, what he does for the Nuggets. Yeah, like, like a, a connector type. Yeah, and a defensive minded four. Maybe like a Draymond Green. Ah, I'm just <laughs> um, what do you think about Kuzma Tom? Uh, I think, yeah, so he, he made $13 million last year, and he's 28 years old. Like, this is his opportunity to get the biggest contract of his career. He's so I think he's Damn. Yeah, he's or almost 28, 27.9, according to Spotrack. Him, him and Wiggins are the same age? That's pretty crazy. <laughs> he yeah, came in as, yeah. like, a 23-year-old, I think, so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, like, and, and he's had he had a good year in Washington, this is like his opportunity to go out and get a four-year deal that's sizable. So I don't think he's really he gives a shit about if he gets to onto a contender or not. I think he's bag chasing, and it may be Washington giving him that contract again. Yeah, um, it, it may be Indiana like trying to pair him with Tyrese. I think that's a really good call. I think another name. I mean, is um, Dallas. Yeah. Why why couldn't he be on the Mavericks? I think that's a pretty good fit actually. Uh especially since they I think there'd yeah. be more money out there for him than what Dallas could offer though. Unless yeah. they make a move. Exactly. But, but I mean unless they make a move, that's kind of what I mean. Um so yeah, Kuzma's an interesting one. I would have loved to have him on the Warriors. I he know. I, good. I was thinking like a possible I mean, they, cool the Wizards. Flip. The Wizards had a few people that were interesting, like Kristaps, um, Kuzma. I think even a combination of like a few of their vets, like Gafford and um, Monte Morris, it's or like maybe Danny Edvia too. But it seems like the Wizards and kind of the whole league was pretty low on pool um, this off season. Yeah, I mean, it's a big contract for a guy who plays no defense and turns the ball over. He's obviously like an electric scorer, um, but he's undersized and for a shooting guard. But if you put him at point guard, he's like a little erratic. And he sh- he only shoots like 33% from three. So like yeah. I see why the market was cold f- for him. Like people think of Poole as a sharpshooter, but he hasn't proven that he can hit at 40%. And for a contract that size, like you need to be hitting at forty percent. Uh, so, like, it, it's really not surprising to me that they had to go for Chris Paul, a Chris Paul type of deal, and that like the Raptors weren't interested in trading for him to get to give up OG. Um, so, like, I think the Warriors fan base was kind of overestimating what Mike Dunleavy could do for Poole. And frankly, the the haul that he got, which is Chris Paul, I think is good. So, for sure. Um, well, quickly, we'll just run. I just want to get your guys' opinion on a, a few more. We could just quick prediction where you think they go. Uh, Dylan Brooks. I'm gonna make a prediction. I think he goes to the Mavericks. What do you guys think? I got Houston, China. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good one. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't put too much thought into that one yet. Um, yeah, but I thought no, those look like good shots. Yeah, China, China could be an option. Um, <laughs> where do you guys think Bruce Brown ends up? Ooh, I, that's a tough one. I, it kind of sounds like the Lakers are prepared to offer the full MLE. Um, yeah, I think that would be a good call. 
the most Denver can offer is like seven point eight mil. Um, yeah. and he he's only made around fifteen million in his career. So if he can double that with one contract, I think he's likely to walk away. And for the Lakers, what? that's kind of like a double whammy where they get a good player as well as kind of weaken their probably their biggest foe, which is the the Nuggets. So I think that's a good call. What about Sacramento since they're losing potentially Terrence Davis? And Harrison Barnes. Yeah. That, that could mean, be a, a pretty decent fit, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Kings are a real option for Bruce Brown. Would he come off the bench for them? Or do you move Keegan to four? I would start. move Keegan to four. I mean, I think Keegan should be a four, honestly. Like when you're yeah. talking, you guys were mentioning Draymond and Aaron Gordon as a four for the Kings. I personally think Keegan should be a four, and then you get a good defensive wing in that starting lineup who can, like a three and D wing. Um, that then the Kings are looking a lot more scary, and no yeah. Harrison doesn't count as a three and D wing. He's <laughs> kind of he's kind of like a hybrid forward, you know. He's definitely not a three wing. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know that. Uh, a quick quickly on a few more uh, former most likely Warrior uh, Divincenzo. Where do you guys think he ends up? Sounds like the Knicks. A little um, with, his, with his Villanova. Yeah, I was gonna say a little Villanova be good. trifection of those guys. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Can the Suns offer the like any mid-level exception? I or are they all vet mins too? They're yeah, all vet mins. I mean, they have four been a good max fit. players because Aiton's a max, and yeah. then, like KD and Beal are super max. Hmm. Their bo- yeah. their books are pretty cooked with that. They they have eight vet minimums, so. Ooh. And what they don't about... have, they don't have a starting wing. <laughs> yeah. No, the, I don't like their roster construction, I'm going to be honest. And I didn't I don't like the Beal trade for them. Um that's just my opinion. I think it's going to be a lot of dribbling the air out of the ball and no depth. So I, I don't really like it. What do you guys think, think about the Beal trade? I think they kind kind of had to do it. He's an upgrade on CP3. Um, they they weren't really gonna do anything else. Like, I heard um, we offered Jordan Poole to them before they traded Chris Paul, for Chris Paul, um, and they said no, <laughs> obviously. But uh, yeah, I I I don't love it. I don't hate it for them. I I'm kind of out on them honestly. But yeah. I think what if I think what really screwed them over was, um. Indiana throwing a big offer at Aiton, and then they had to match that. If they could have got Aiton for like twenty million, like Aiton's just not a max player. And I was gonna say I would have traded, up. I would have traded Aiton, or I would have tried to trade Aiton instead of Chris Paul. But I guess you're not getting Beal back if you're trading just Aiton. So yeah, I'm, and I'm you also need someone call. to play center. You can't have. Jock Lawndale and Biombo <laughs> all right. Why not? I mean, you have honestly. Why not? You have KD at the four. He's pretty good with rim protection on the weak side, um, and then you kind of fill out the rest of the roster with good three and D wings and ball handlers. Like, I don't know. I think like rolling with those cheap big men like Jack Land or Jock Landale and Biombo was kind of a good call. Like Landale yeah. was good in the playoffs. 
But you need someone to get you through the regular season. I mean, there's 82 games where you need 48 minutes a game from a center. And, you know, that's probably Aiton's best quality is that he doesn't get hurt and he plays a bunch and can run and rebound and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't It's know. so hard finding good innings eaters for the regular season. Like, yeah. I remember during the, di- yeah. during the Dynasty run, we always had, like, five centers. And they're all literally pretty solid. Five, literally five centers. We had yeah, we had Zaza West, Javale, Jordan um, Bell, Jordan Bell, like Damian Jones in there. Yeah, Damian Jones. Um, yeah, we went from rostering five centers to rostering like one and a half. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> Biggest um, overcorrection ever. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think, obviously, the interesting teams and. In, and free agency this summer are the Suns just because they need to fill what eight roster spots. So I'm curious to see what they do as well as like the teams with money. And then also some of the good teams that, you know, like the Lakers I think could get interesting with their minimums and they have the mid-level, which the Warriors aren't working with. So that's pretty interesting. Just two more. I wanted to touch on really quick Two former Clippers um, and Rockets players Russ and Eric Gordon, we, we saw tonight that the Clippers didn't pick up Eric and Gordon's option, and that saved them like $111 million in tax savings, which is a really good move for them. Um, what do you guys think the market is for, especially Russ? It's kind of like a polarizing player. Uh, so he's going to the worst team in the league, so he can uh, <laughs> do what he wants. Oh, Russ. I mean, he had some moments in the playoffs, honestly. He was, like, pretty fun in that Sun series. He's allowed to, like, run the show. That's that's the issue is he's yeah. kind of a good, good stats, bad team guy. Putting him back on Washington. Bring him home. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. Probably just go I back no to the Clippers. Oh, man, the Clippers uh, are in such a weird rock. They have so many guys that make a lot of money, and they're, besides Paul George and Kawhi, they're all kind of bad. Yeah. Um, kind of out on them, too. <laughs> yeah. Especially with another Kawhi injury. Yeah, they're, and it sucks because every offseason, like last year, oh, my God, all we heard all offseason and going into the season, it's like the Clippers, the Clippers are going to be in the finals. It's like, what have they done to prove that – I don't know. I get, I get kind of annoyed with that. Their best run came when Kawhi got hurt and PG took the sense of six. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the bubble season. But then, because they made the... was were, No, no Western were Conference in, Finals was 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The hypothetical Clippers-Sixers series would have been crazy. <laughs> Both those teams, man. It's like... Russ uh, versus Harden. Oh, my God. I, I needed that. I absolutely needed that. Well, I'm definitely stoked on Friday to, I mean, this is probably like, besides the Warriors winning the championship and like the tread deadline, this is one of the funnest days of the year to be like a Warrior, or an NBA fan in general is just when free agency starts because there's so much craziness happening in, happening on Twitter. Um, just really quickly before we get out of here, what do you guys think the Warriors will do? Like, give me three players. I guess I can start um, – just give me three players who you think the Warriors will end up with. So I wrote in the article that I just recently posted to the, 
the Substack. So if you didn't see that, definitely check it out. But I had them signing Ty Jerome, JTA, and Dario Saric. Uh, what do you guys? What do you guys predict? I think that's a good shout. I I I'd probably lean Ty Jerome, Saric, and hopefully like a Utah Watanabe. Nice. Yeah, I I do think they'll bring back Ty Jerome, but I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he like looks for a bigger opportunity. He had a good year, but I hope it's Ty Jerome. So I'm going Ty Jerome. Um, I think they snagged Damian Lee. Nice. Uh, and then yeah, I think Ty Jerome, Damian Lee comes back, and then maybe they pick up Alex Len. Alex Len gave me nightmares last year. Last place. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's huge. He's so big. I, I guess actually that doesn't really address their stretch four or five issue, but Tony Lamp <laughs> on a two way. Yeah, I like it's not out of the question that he's back. Ugh. Like, which would not make anyone happy, but he just doesn't have this. Like, what is he six five? Power. I think forward? he's six five. Yeah. Is he really? Oh, he's yeah. tiny. That's he looks tiny way out too there. small. Yeah. I think it's going to be kind of like the players we just named are pretty underwhelming. Like, obviously, there's a lot of good players out there in free agency, but I agree with you guys. I think it's there's going to be like one kind of reunion from a for, former Warriors player and then kind of some not sexy names coming to the team. Like last year, people were hyped that we got DiVincenzo. That's like a huge name. Um, Without the mid level, I think it's going to be kind of uh, slim pickings out there. I think Bismack yeah. might be an option, and then yeah, I'd be mention, happy with Bismack. We didn't mention this earlier, but what do you guys think of Thomas Bryant? He's good on um, offense. Um, yeah, pretty bad defensively. Yeah, I'm not a big Thomas Bryant fan nah. personally. Yeah, I and he's he's like sneaky young and kind of not good basketball feel. Um, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I would be happy with. I would be happy if Looney isn't the tallest person on our team. Like <laughs> yes. For once. Um, but dope, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, tap in to Tony. Thank you for uh, hopping on. We'll definitely have you on again. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Tony underscore YH on Twitter. He's definitely always putting out good Warriors content. Um, and yeah, we'll all be watching free agency. Definitely be back with a podcast after um, free agency. So thanks for tapping in. Uh, and good talking to you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks.